0: Hey, I'm Jackie Rogers, and this is the Weird Smart Podcast. This is a show about how one marketing agency blends crazy ideas with clever strategies to give businesses a truly unique edge. From local businesses to startups and beyond, you'll get a firsthand glimpse at how the Ware Stewart team approaches branding, marketing, strategy, and more. Let's get after it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Weird Smart Podcast. Today, I've got two very special guests with us, Tony Minix and Leonard Porkchop Zimmerman of the design team. I've invited them here today to talk to us about design, obviously, what works well for a campaign, and what makes us cringe. Thanks for joining me today, guys.
1: Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. That was my line.
0: (laughs) Cool. Let's jump in. Tony, I wanted to ask you the first question. I asked you on the show for a specific reason. I learned that you are a collector of sorts. I am. And these are things that people would consider junk, potentially, but you find you find some artistic value in it. And it's pretty cool. I've seen it. Can you tell us a little bit about, about your collection?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a graphic designer by trade, uh, relatively new to the field, but I've always been kind of infatuated with design of old so uh, I collect a lot of ephemera and advertising from days gone by, and I don't know if my wife necessarily appreciates it, but I mean I've got a whole room just full of this stuff.
0: It's, I feel like me and your wife should get together because my husband has turned our dining room into a Star Wars showroom.
2: Oh, nice!
0: I, I kid you not. I just have a, di- a Star Wars showroom with a table in it.
2: That's a good deal, though. I mean, it makes <laughs> for my husband sure makes dinner interesting.
0: <laughs> it does.
2: At least you have stuff to look at.
0: It's true. Um, Yeah, so that's actually pretty cool. How long have you been doing that for?
2: I mean, a while. It started out collecting, like, gas and oil stuff, um, just because I was kind of into, specifically, like, the Gulf
1: oil color palette.
2: I don't know if if you guys are
1: familiar. It's very blue and orange. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that stuff's always so well-designed and just bold, so...
0: So with those pieces, these, these collections of old, what do you think made them work so well during this time? And what do you think, I guess we can learn from it?
2: I mean, there's, there's quite a few reasons I think why it works. I mean, one, it was just, that's what they had. I mean, advertising is advertising, but also it was, it was essentially the boom of advertising. During the era that I collect, it's, I primarily collect like pre-1970s. But I mean, post-war, everything was coming on the up and up economically. Advertising really stepped into its own at that point. You've got big, bold colors, like really awesome typefaces, all these cool little illustrations and stuff. And I think just flipping through an old pamphlet or opening a matchbook and just finding those little trinkets is, I mean, as a designer is really fun to do.
1: And also, it's, you, they're really incredible examples of what you can do on a limited color palette. So, if you have two colors, you look through those things, and they have maxed out the, what you can do with two colors. And it's just incredible to see all the variety and stuff. So, that's because I've looked through his stuff, and it's. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. I, mean, I I also think, too, it's uh,
2: that was more of like the commercial artist era. There weren't graphic designers, nothing was digital. Like, these people were actually if you wanted a bottle of soda illustrated on your ad, there was somebody painting it Mm -hmm. and all the type was laid out and paste ups. And it was very analog. Whereas now everything's very digital. I mean, there are whole, there are companies based solely on trying to recreate that aesthetic and I'm all about it. Yeah. I I think it's, I think it's great to have stuff that looks kind of rough and worn down in the modern era. The
1: wabi sabi, the, the the appreciation of the, the something aging and, and yeah
2: yeah, perfectly imperfect exactly. is the way I describe old advertising.
0: Perfectly imperfect. Yeah, that's perfect.
2: Tons of misregistration and inking errors and all that stuff just makes it way more interesting to look at than I feel like, not necessarily all modern design, but a good chunk of it.
0: Yeah. And when something's interesting, obviously it catches attention from all kinds of people. Yeah. And for anyone who's listening, um, if you want to see Tony's stuff, I've attached his handle to this episode. So you guys can go check it out and you absolutely should because it's brilliant. Leonard, over to you. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So I have a question. Oh, yes. Art and branding are kind of like in the secret love affair when it comes to marketing. What do you think the difference is between art and design that maybe clients should understand or businesses should understand.
1: That's a good, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's graphic design. The graphic design is about communication, but art can also be about communicating something. So I think the line between art and graphic design is a really wibbly wobbly line drawn by someone on a drunk person on a (laughs) unicycle. So, um, Good design is just, you know it when you see it, and I guess, well, not everybody knows it when they see it, but really good design, you don't even realize how much effort or or thought has gone into creating, arranging the the information that's there in front of you. It's simplifying, putting together organization, getting rid of the unnecessary, but um, also making it engaging, and and the type of design depends on what's appropriate for the client or the job.
0: Yeah, because like I'm somebody who I I've always said like I don't have a design eye. I can tell when something looks really good. Like the stuff at Wear Stewart looks really good and it's very unique. And I've definitely, you know, coming from the freelance world, I've seen people make their own stuff. Sometimes it works. Sometimes they understand how colors work together. I was never one of those people. So I always appreciate it, but to get into like the psychology and the depth of how and why something is made, I think that's sometimes not always translated you know from i don't know from my experience from the freelancing world it was never always translated like this is why it needs to look this way so i think that's really interesting to be able to have those conversations with our clients the way we do
1: and and especially like when we pitch something it's there's been a lot of thought and reasoning in it and it's not just like oh this is cool we'll do this (laughs) it's it's never that and Speaking of like taste, I was mentioning this to you the other day, Tony, that um, like I will use fonts that I think are ugly, but I know they're appropriate. They're not my particular taste, but, you know, I will use them because I know they're right for the the particular job.
0: Because it's cool. It's like it's not just displaying the brand's personality and individuality, but it's also relaying an important message to the ideal client when they see that image. So it's just it's a it's a whole storyline from beginning to end and it pulls them in
1: like like when we did the um the miller theater mm-hmm. um the, there's a whole time period that um well it was deco but it's not it's beyond deco but just using fonts that i wouldn't normally gravitate to but i knew that they were right and color palette the colors that we wouldn't normally or i wouldn't normally choose but i love that color palette by the way it's, it's really good it's a good color palette yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a really good color palette all right yeah. Um, so this next question is for the both of you. Uh, do y'all think design speaks to the quality of products and services of a business and how can businesses be mindful of their overall look and feel in the brand?
2: So in my opinion, this is a yes and no. I mean, every city has its little dive joints that probably put less than $0 into a marketing or advertising or branding budget, but people go there because it is a great place. I think it speaks to the quality of the product and or service that that brand is providing. And I mean, if, if your product is good design, I mean, yeah, it it's great for people to be able to find you and everything, but as long as your product is great or your service is great, people are going to be attracted to it as long as they can figure out how to get there.
1: Like the sports center, and everybody knows about it, and there's hamburgers just by word of mouth. And, and that is a, you know, it's an institution at this point. But, you know, they, they don't need anything to help them along because they're already established with the people who, you know, are interested. Couldn't hurt to, to throw something in there. But, but they, they, they've nailed it all on their own. But, you know, a new business coming up who nobody knows anything about them, if they have a killer look or something that really grabs your attention or, or they, they come across as cheeky or something, that, that, that something that would set them apart from someone else is not a bad thing. And, but I, and I think these days with new businesses and, and things coming in, that really is important that they look smart.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, A good example of that, I think, would be the craft beer industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. craft beer has become huge over the past decade, decade and a half, something like that. And if you go into a liquor store or whatever that has a wide array and you look around, they are very focused on their packaging And I think it's... I mean, obviously, it's a smart choice because humans are very visual creatures. So, I mean, I kind of fall in that trap where if I don't know exactly what I want, I'm just like, what has the coolest packaging? Uh Mm -hmm. And if it sucks, then I'm just kind of out money. But, I mean... Because they gave it, it They gave it a shot.
1: And that packaging, if you don't know what it tastes like, that packaging is what will make you pick it up and look at it yeah. and hopefully buy it and take it home with you.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, you could have the best branding in the world, but if you have a bad product or bad customer service or even a bad website, um, that can kind of come back to haunt you, especially the website stuff. I mean, everything is way more digital now than it used to be. Uh, if I'm looking into something, um, say I want to go to, I don't know, I'm looking for a certain service, and I go to their website, and the website was looks like it's was made in the 90s and hasn't really been updated. I'm probably going to try and steer clear of that. Same with e-commerce. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're selling something online and your website looks like, if I put my information in here. It's probably going to get stolen, and somebody's going to just rack up a bunch of bills on my credit card. I'm probably not going to buy anything from your website. So, I mean, if anything, at least make sure your website's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can kind of worry about the other stuff later. But in an increasingly more digital world, I think a website is kind of important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You just made me think of probably the best. Best or worst example, (laughs) depending on who you are. Uh, Did you guys remember uh, Fire Festival from a few years ago?
1: Oh my god, Becky! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that was nothing but a vapid. Yeah, whoa, honey. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm so sorry. But I was just like their like their social media campaign was on it. They like they had a look that they were trying to achieve, but when it came to delivering
2: Yeah, a bunch of people ended up stranded on an island. With, with no food or water.
0: No, no, no. They had they had gourmet um white bread and and American cheese, I think it was. Oh, okay. Right?
2: So prison food. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it was um, sorry. I mean, that was a little left field. Yeah, I,
1: <laughs> no, but that's you're right because that stuff looked cool. Because I had to, yeah, I hadn't, I wasn't paying attention to it until it was all going down. And then I'm like, what is this dumpster fire?
0: It was just that. It was a dumpster fire.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're selling something, just make sure you deliver.
0: Mm-hmm, yep.
2: If if you're gonna dump a bunch of money into packaging and marketing and all of these things, it, it means nothing if your product is crap.
0: Exactly. And I think that just goes to show like the power that branding and design actually has, because it it is powerful. It can attract the the customers that you're trying to get. Just it's it's not everything in your marketing strategy and it's not everything in your business, but it is a really strong component to invest into. All right. I have another question for the both of you. Can you think of any brands out there who are doing something really well or doing something really unique that you would like to reflect on?
2: So I have one off the top of my head. I think French paper, they're kind of geniuses because they understand their client base and their promotional products serve as advertisements for their products, which is great because, I mean, they're marketing to creatives, essentially people who make things, screen printers and so forth, and they take their product They have an agency that designs all these things for them. They print those products on the paper they're trying to sell you. And they they show you how it looks in different, how different inks look on said piece of paper. I think it's great. It's the best. I think it's the best marketing that I can think of.
1: And it just screams, we're cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's also true. It screams we're cool. And especially since everything you get from them is branded, which is amazing.
1: And and very well branded. Yeah. It's great cool oh my god do y'all remember that um burger king all right you know the scary king king yes all right he's so creepy but you remember him Mm -hmm. (laughs) um darius rucker did a commercial that got pulled off the air um several years back and he was singing about cheddar crispy cheddar chicken something ranch and um it's all these double entendres in the in the in the, the the song and everything but um I just remember that it was so the commercial was so flamboyant and over the top like it was like it was done by David LaChapelle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, things that are over the top and especially in fast food you can get away with a lot of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at Wendy's Twitter. They get away with a lot of things, but they have a different. Principle.
2: Yeah, but that's, it's smart. That's they use humor.
0: They do.
1: So I have seen some stuff that I wasn't sure if it was really their Twitter that I'm seeing. Oh, it is. Oh, okay, then it's damn. so good. That person
2: deserves a raise. It's great.
1: Because <laughs> I thought I was getting punked when I saw some of those. Ones. Okay, wow.
0: Nope it's it's pretty good.
1: Good on you, Wendy. a big old mom around your neck. <laughs> so
2: I, I think too. I think a lot of. I think a lot of like smaller artisanal companies also have really good branding. And I think it's because they have to, to be honest with you. Like their packaging is great. Their logos are excellent. And when you're going up against, say you're a small soap manufacturer and you're going up against L'Oreal or Dove or whatever, you kind of have to stand out. Mm -hmm. And I think that those, even though they don't have a massive budget, dumping extra funds
1: into their into their packaging and... Or just doing their packaging smart because you can do smart packaging with limited colors and all that kind of stuff just by being aware and paying attention to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, all right. A logo that I really... All right. I just... IHOP, International House of Pancakes, used to be this big A-frame and now their logo is an I, an H, an O and a P with an underline that's curved and it makes a big happy face. Oh. And... um, just looking at that, it's, right, I have a thing for happy faces anyway, but just looking at that, I'm like, this is genius. You, I want to go there. How do you feel
2: about the name change? They well, changed it to the burger, well, the burger well, and, stuff.
1: And Burger King changed their name to IHop. Uh, Waffle King.
0: <laughs> got punked. <laughs> right. I've got one more question okay. for you guys. So when it comes to incorporating design into your brand, what would you advise businesses to do to make sure they don't go overboard or... Or they go out of the scope of what's already been set for them?
1: Um, I would say team up with someone or a company that that you've seen their work and you know that their work works. And you can, if if you know just a person who does design, you know, and you don't have a lot of money, just look and see what they are doing. And then they need to be asking you a lot of questions. You need to be telling them stuff and and they need to suss you out and figure you out. And then Depending on, and I, I say this a lot, but what's appropriate? Because what's what works for one person won't necessarily work for somebody else.
2: Not taking yourself too seriously um, all the time. I, like I think injecting a little bit of humor. Humor is like the universal language. So if you inject a little bit of humor into your design or into your copy, uh, I, I feel like it, it helps to reach a much wider audience, audience than it would. And it makes it super fun for designers to design things like that. One of the funnest things that we do here is just coming up with kind of ridiculous copy and then just paring it down <laughs> to, to something that doesn't skirt the line as much as the initial concept does.
1: And in fun with words, it's fundamental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: We love puns here. It's lots of puns.
1: I feel like too
2: many puns sometimes, but it's it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see what Case and point. Case um, and point. And yeah.
1: no and um uh Rachel is the queen of puns she she just yeah she bats those things around like a cat with a toy yeah I don't
2: know where they come from (laughs) she's she's (laughs) she's got a mental database of every pun and that
1: impresses me just the the, the but speaking of like um fun in your copy and stuff that was one of the things when I started working here a decade plus ago Alex I was always impressed with the way he would just Write copy and it was very conversational and he he could make things very succinct and uncomplicated sounding and that always was some and, and that's not necessarily for every business but uh, you know if some people need to come across as very professional and very buttoned up and very big words and stuff like that but it, but you were saying a little bit of humor goes a long way um, yeah
2: just be willing to take risks I think is is good, I think uh what's the there's like a, a phrase I can't remember it right that now you, Brute? <laughs> take a few risks it'll probably work out for you. <laughs> I can't say that with hundred percent certainty, but
0: We're, what's that what's that quote it's like um i'm sixty percent of or 60 percent of the time it'll work every time
2: yep that's anchorman anchorman,
0: anchorman quote oh, okay. i just i just quoted anchorman I'm you know, the you. old sex panther <laughs> <laughs> We're cutting it out. I'm just kidding. we don't cut out anything.
1: <laughs> I hope we do
0: and we do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the more risks you're willing to take, the one the more excited that designers are going to be to work with you. We'll work with anyone uh, we, we can won't. work <laughs> 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 we can work within the scope of what what anyone needs, but it's a lot more fun for us when we're allowed to. Kind of do things that are a little bit outside of the box and kind of flex our creative muscle, mm-hmm. which and is nice.
1: I will say this: that when something is fun to work on, then we kind of go hog wild or over—well, not overboard with it—but we and definitely, definitely invest more into it. When, especially when there's a good client relationship. And one thing you were saying about um, um, copy and stuff, to, to not taking yourself too seriously—that's very important. But um, not being so damn freaking wordy with stuff mm-hmm. like, like if it's if it's if it's like a little paragraph that that's going to go in a I don't know, like a web ad you don't need to put everything in there Mm-mm. and 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 sometimes especially one thing to think about is the internet is out there and usually almost everything has a website so you don't need to put your phone number on there you don't need to put any of those things just make sure your web address is visible or at least make sure your web address is is easily discernible from whatever your name is. That's yeah. probably some good
2: advice. Yeah, you just want to you want to grab the attention, get them to click on the ad, yeah. and everything that they need to know will be on the other side. On uh-huh. the other side mm-hmm. of that ad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. First is to just put that little glimmer in their eye. Yeah.
2: You want to grab the attention. Ooh,
0: what's that? Sparkles. Exactly. That's what. That's what design is. Squirrels. Sparkles. Sparkles <laughs> and squirrels.
1: Sparkly squirrels. <laughs> and roller skates. <laughs> Bump poms
0: I feel like this is going to be a picture soon.
1: I think so. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be the cover of this podcast episode.
0: (laughs) Guys, this is such a fun episode. I'm so glad you guys got to come on and talk with me today. Thank you so much. Yeah, It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for anyone who's listening, please make sure to follow Tony Minix and Leonard Porkchop Zimmerman. I have added their links in the bio here. And make sure to subscribe to our episodes so that way you get the latest news here at Where Stewart. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. bye.
0: Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Weird Smart Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our channel for the latest episodes and offerings. And follow all that's happening at We're Stewart. See you next time.